Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. How are you this holiday season, my dear? I'm good. I know we're recording this before Christmas, but it's going to be live after Christmas. (laughs) So I'm thinking future Melissa is feeling really good. (laughs) I'm going to be home for Christmas, so I get to spend – you know that movie Before Christmas is with Vince Vaughn and um, Reese Witherspoon? I feel like that tends to align with how my Christmas usually is, pretty chaotic. But I'm extremely lucky to have, like, a huge family. Um. And so, but I think this one's going to be a good one. I get to be home. How about you? Well, that's great. Um, Our Christmas, I'm visiting my family and it's going to be smaller, but it's, it's nice. It's very intimate. I, I miss a big Christmas because when we, when I was growing up in Jamaica, all of my aunts and uncles and cousins and like grandparents when they were alive, they're all still in Jamaica. So our Christmas was uh, four Christmases mm-hmm. for three days in a row <laughs> where it was like one family hosted brunch. The next one did dinner. The next day there was a lunch, then another dinner, then a breakfast. It's like club, another club, plane, <laughs> like that that Lady Gaga meme where we're just like, go, go, go. Another one. Another, another one. one. Yeah. You're just a nonstop. And since we've moved to the US, it's just us. Like my immediate, my immediate family is here, but mm-hmm. like all of their siblings are still overseas. So it's a little more intimate and just like a smaller crew, but still really lovely. Like we have our Absolutely. own traditions here. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to resting and <laughs> catching up on some reading, some fiction books. I'm excited to get into Fourth Wing. Everyone's talking about it. And I haven't gotten Do into you that have yet. It? Do you own it? Yeah, I have them. I have the first two on Kindle. So <laughs> I'm ready to just Maybe it. I should. I mean, I'm still reading the A Court uh, series. I don't know what to call Court it. Court of Thorn and Roses. Yeah, that series. Amazing. Um, but maybe I need to like switch so that I can read The Fourth Wing and with you discuss. and like the rest of the world. <laughs> like the rest of the world <laughs> is like reading it right now. And I feel like this feels like another Twilight era where, you know what I mean? Like everyone's yeah. just sort of like obsessing over the same book and the same characters at the same time. Um, and I love when that happens. Me too. I just like being able to talk to someone about the things that I like, like books, movies, TV mm-hmm. shows. I just like being able to fangirl with other people. So yeah, I'm behind. I'm ready to join the movement and not be dodging spoilers <laughs> on the internet Seriously. or book talk. So. <laughs> yeah, dangerous, dangerous. People will be giving away some stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But what are we chatting about today, Melissa? Mm, So we've talked a lot and we've read a lot about different people and their like success stories. And I feel like we have to talk about that on on the on this like piloting podcast. Um, But we've even shared it before when we've thought about like, hey, like, what are we into? What are the topics we want to talk about in this platform? And even in our our trailer, we've said we are a huge fan of success stories. But when you think about success stories, you typically align success stories and the opposite of that is failure. And so I feel like we, we can talk about success. We can't talk about success without talking about failure. 
And so, and even though we're a fan of those success stories and as inspiring and exciting as they are, um, this is a quoted by you, Renee, we want to focus on how I am building this, not how I built this. And so, yeah, we're talking about reframing our perspective on failure. How is it tied to success? And how do we fail forward? And are there what are thoughts we have around failure and have we experienced failure and um, how does failure actually launch us into our piloting journeys or how we experience them on our piloting journeys, because we're probably all going to experience failure at one or many points in our life. (laughs) Yeah. I think this is a great topic because like we've mentioned on previous episodes, and I'm sure many people can relate to, Failing sucks. (laughs) No one wants to feel like a failure. No one wants to feel like they are actively failing. It's hard to pick yourself up after you have failed. And obviously, failing looks different to different people. But it is a fundamental part of growth. You know, Mm -hmm. you learn to ride a bicycle by falling over sometimes because you can't fall over if someone's holding you. Like, you have to kind of learn to find your balance on your own. And I think when you're younger, at least I just keep coming back to this idea. When I was young, I failed all the time because mm. I just didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to walk. I didn't know how to dance. I didn't know how to ride a bicycle. Uh, you know, I'm just so used to failing. But as you get older, you know, school and people and your own ego starts, like, starts to push you in the direction of things that you're naturally better at you know mm-hmm. people say oh you're gifted at sports let's move you into the athletic space oh you're really good in at math let's put you on that track you don't have as many people saying oh I'm great at math let me take an art class at something I know I'm going to struggle with you know you're just kind of shuffled into either by yourself or by people around you mm-hmm. into things that you'll succeed at and that's good it's good to hone your strengths and like dive deep in those things but I think it's also important to not lose that muscle of being comfortable with failing. And I know for me, as someone who spent many years leaning into things I was naturally good at, in this last year, as I've started to think about pivots or reshaping, you know, certain aspects of my life and doing things differently, the thing that holds me back is I haven't failed in a Mm -hmm. meaningful way in a long time. And that is paralyzing. And so I'm just not making any moves. And I think that that becomes dangerous because you get stuck. I'm with you. Um, There's a quote circling around the internet that's like, you have your no risk, no reward. But I've also seen an alternate version that's no risk, no magic. And so I feel you with the whole like, not, have I risked enough? Have I, you know, am I not receiving magic or my purpose or the thing I'm, I'm wanting and craving really badly because have I really put myself out there enough to really fail? And so I was like thinking about this before we started recording about like, have I actually, you know, hit rock bottom-esque type of fail? And I don't know if I have yet. Um... And I don't know – well, I do know. It's me. It's like myself holding myself back there. And so 
I'm just on the journey of seeking what is risk? What am I, what is worth the risk at this point? And so that's where I'm like trying to uncover and like chip away at. And I feel like I get closer and closer every episode. Um, but yeah, the, the no risk, no magic sort of like sticks with me when I think about failure. And you're right when, when, when you spoke about how often we were okay with failing when we were younger. And I mean, it could be a lot of things. I think it could be not having, quote, as much to lose back then. It feels easier to fail. You sort of have a – you definitely have a softer landing. When you do fail, you have a lot of support by your parents. And I don't know. I There's just not – I mean, there definitely probably were overthinkers as children. Um, I may have been one, but I don't think kids often are overthinking and overplanning and overanalyzing as much as we do. Um, they're maybe thinking of potentially maybe one step ahead versus us adults were like the domino effect of this decision and like what it could look like 10 years down the road. And we're like yeah. in this mindset of like, the five-year plan, the 10-year plan, blah. Um, yeah. And you know, it, it is a scary feeling. It's, I think it's one of the scarier F words in the dictionary and I'm like trying to, yeah, like I'm trying to figure out what my relationship is with failure at this point. Um, and if it's been a toxic one or if it's just been sort of like a blase one of like, it's just, it, I don't know if I if I truly coexist with failure in a good way. Yeah, I I was trying to find the quote because Matthew McConaughey has a great bumper sticker about this. And if I can find it, I'll just drop it in the show notes for anyone who reads those. But mm. it's it's kind of like what you were saying. If is it really a risk if you never put yourself in a position to lose? Or if if you won't feel the loss, mm -hmm. then it doesn't really count as a risk. You know what I mean? So if I say, yeah. oh, I'm going to try and enter a baking competition, but I don't really care if I win or lose. Like, that's not really risking anything. Like, it becomes a risk if, you know what, I'm going to put my reputation on the line or I'm going to invest a bunch of money or I don't know. That's not a great example. So maybe just scratch that 10 seconds, but you know what <sighs> I mean? Like you have the, you have to feel the loss to really be putting yourself out there. Otherwise you're just playing it safe and calling it something else. I see where you're going with that there though, with the whole like neutrality of like, if I win or if I lose, I kind of like whatever, because I feel like I think, that way sometimes I've convinced myself and I do this game of like well if I get it it's whatever if I do get it, it's whatever I'll be fine whatever way and although I'm <laughs> in my head I'm protecting how I'm feeling and like wow Melissa you can be so calm cool and collected it's pretty much a cover and you know what I mean like I'm not really maybe I don't want this job as much because I, I'm not so, – I I feel like I'm not risking it or I'm feeling I'm not as, like, full-hearted into it. And as they say, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. It's you just kind of being in this, like, neutral state of, like, meh, meh. 
And so, and that is probably the opposite of, of trying, of course, you know, and the opposite of failure. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a self-defense mechanism. At least it is for me mm-hmm. to kind of protect my ego in, oh, well, I'm not really bruised because I wasn't that invested. You know, it's like putting on that, that cool front and I get it everything in your life doesn't have to be high stakes, you know? So everything is, every risk doesn't have to be, it's going to break my heart if it doesn't go the way that I want. Like that's a really tough way to live. But I think you also, to your point about, you know, no risk, no magic. I think you do miss magic in your life. If none of your choices have the opportunity to break your heart. I I think, you know what I mean? I think you do need a little bit of that, commitment of that desire of that damn like I really wanted that or I really thought I was gonna get it and I didn't and sometimes you need like a little bitterness to like really appreciate the sweetness um oh look at that gem (laughs) I was determined to make a food metaphor work (laughs) it worked I love that (laughs) yeah um I feel like you mentioned like like, merch for that quote. Definitely. Oh yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) Love a merch (laughs) idea. Um, I like what you said about like your relationship with failure though. How how do you define failing forward? Like I know Mm. you mentioned like trying to move forward with these failures. How do you define failing Mm -hmm. forward? Um, Well, I'm going to cheat because I'm not going to be the one to define failing forward. I realize in some research, I'm like, where have I heard this from? It is an actual book. I can't say I can back up the book or recommend the book quite yet because I haven't read it, but it is a book by John Maxwell called How to Fail Forward. And um, he defines it as failing forward requires you to take responsibility, learning from your mistakes, take new risks challenge old assumptions and persevere on the other hand failing backwards occurs when we blame others repeat the same mistakes expect to never fail again and take our failures personally and quit and so what I how I like the idea of failing forward is it says pretty much like we're all gonna fail at some point at least if we're risking something or we're piloting something the the percentage rate of failing is higher. I mean, it just is when you're taking a risk. And so failing forward is like, A, acknowledging that it's going to happen, but that when it does, to not let that, to use your quote, like that bitterness, like take over and for you to sort of sit and wallow in like what just happened, start blaming other people, starting to blame yourself, like this may have failed, but I'm a failure um, and just reshaping it to failing forward. And it reminds me of a time when I was like interviewing for a job and I had this like great interview with the CEO about failing. And I was sort of asking like, what, how do you define success in the agency? You know, how would you define failure in the agency, I think was like one of my questions. And I loved her answer about failing, which was like, we want to push our people and we want them to turn the dial up 
and we want them to fail, but fail safely. And, and I kind of liked how she visualized that of like, we, we want to acknowledge that you're going to make mistakes. You are likely going to make mistakes at this company. We're not going to put it against you, but we want to push you, like put you on the edge and like push your ideas and like challenge you so that if you do fail, you have like this group of people that's going to be there for you when you do. And that it's like not a representation of like you failing, but we're going to use it as like a good lesson for all of us to learn. Um, And so I like that. And I just need to sip the juice (laughs) of like, okay, being better and being okay with failing and, and just like how I fail forward and what is going to, what is going to be the thing that makes me want to fail. Yeah. I I agree with you and what you heard in that interview about having that safety net and that community that makes you feel safe to feel. I think that sense of physical safety, emotional safety, financial safety, whatever that looks like for you is, is definitely a big part of it. I also think you mentioned work and I'm kind of putting my brain in my workspace. I, I used to work a lot with startups and one of the things I love about startups, um, because startups move and grow very quickly, they're all about failing fast. I think it was Mark Zuckerberg, um, founder of Facebook, now Meta, who his motto was move fast and break things. They're all about encouraging you to fail quickly because that's how you realize, boom, this isn't working. Let's try something else. Let's mm-hmm. do something else. And I think when we're on this piloting journey, I think it's better for us to kind of adopt that mindset of I am a startup. I need to fail and move and fail again and improve and just keep iterating versus I think many of us live our lives like a big corporation where we're coasting. There's a ton of red tape. Things move really slowly. And that has its benefits in some respects. But if you're trying to make changes, anyone who's worked in corporate America or it worked with a big company sometimes, it is slow and things do not move quickly. And a lot of times when you get into that coasting big corporation vibe, that's when you get replaced. That's when you say, hey, Kodak Mm -hmm. was really innovative at the beginning. We were failing, we were doing things, and then we just kind of rested on our laurels and all these new camera companies came out. And where is Kodak? Where is Xerox? Where is so many of these companies? Yeah, they might still be around, but they're not at the top of their industries the way that they were when they were in that startup phase and they were really moving fast and failing fast. And so I think it's a mindset to like wrap your head around of like, I am in startup mode. I am not in big corporation. Like we don't have a hundred members on staff. Like we don't have shares. It's just three of us eating Chinese takeout late into the <laughs> night, trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's this, that's the story. That's the phase we're in. <laughs> Where, what company was it that started in a garage? Was it Amazon or was it something like that? I, for, yeah, I forgot. I like maybe it was, I've seen so many of those like tech buy. Yeah. Is it Microsoft? Yeah, maybe is it, it was like Amazon, one of those. Yeah. Yeah, one of the big ones that definitely are like dominating the world right now. Um, I love that so much. It's yeah, failing forward, check, but also failing fast. Um, and I don't 
have we talked about his acronym before? I feel like I have, maybe we did, maybe we didn't, but um, I read somewhere and I'll, I'll link the, it was a LinkedIn Pulse um, article. So it was like a, an opinion article, but they used fail as an acronym. First attempt in learning. Ooh. Yeah. I've never I was like, heard that. I'm like, I've never heard that either, but like it kind of seemed familiar. So maybe one of the many books we read this past year Honestly, after probably like 60%, maybe even like 70% of the books that we read acknowledged failure in some way, shape, or form. Um, And so I just, you know, that I think just reiterates to me like the journey that people are on. And I think we're a lot more comfortable about talking about failure. At least they were as well because they have found success on the other side of failure, Um, But they've acknowledged that failure is just like a part of success and not the opposite, which I believe your girl, Ariana Huffington, um, quoted. Yeah, (laughs) I think so. I'll have to fact check myself. But I like that idea of failing fast because if we just live in the mindset of planning and like trying to mitigate every single risk and the idea that we do all not we not all of us but a lot of us end up living more of like that corporate red tape life I mean that's what we're gonna get we're gonna get the that's when we feel the autopilotness that's where it sets in and I love that idea of adopting the startup mentality because as we've seen a lot of startups actually become extremely successful. And this just idea of like constantly innovating, constantly reiterating. I mean, that's how products get better and better. That's how people learn quicker. And like, it's just like, it keeps you on your toes. Um, And, you know, I mean, there are times and we've talked about this off the pod where not necessarily related to failure, but related to getting things done quicker like just the idea of like needing to like get up, check a box and move on. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes that energy is needed. So you're not stuck cons- like constantly overanalyzing and like doing all this because what did Ferris Bueller say? <laughs> like life's going to pass you by. What's that quote? I forgot it. I I know what you mean. I, yeah. I don't have it. Yeah, I know exactly, I know exactly quote. what you mean. <laughs> but I, I I think you're so right. I I am can be guilty of procrastination by preparation. Like, let me think. Oh, if mm. I just need, I need to read two more books before I can do it, or I need to just get seven more ducks in a row. And it's like, girl, you know. Let's just just start doing it. Just just do it. You're still mm-hmm. gonna fail. Something's still gonna go wrong. And I think for me, and I'd be curious to hear for you what it brings up. I think one of the things that's tough with failure is that it brings up a lot of different emotions for people, you know? And I was trying to think, what does failure bring up for me and why am I so averse to it? Like what why am I just afraid of failing? I think there is I don't know. I think there's like a level of maybe shame or embarrassment of like my pride gets a little bit of a hit that, oh, I didn't get it right. I fell down. Here's 
you know, there is some kind of like pride, shame, embarrassment feeling. Um, I think for me, that's probably one of the biggest ones actually, which is, that's like sad to admit because like, who cares if you're embarrassed? (laughs) Like that's not physically harming you. Like you're okay. Um, But I think there is a lot of psychological, like how does this, does this failure attach to my identity? Like you mentioned earlier, it's important to have that difference between I failed, not I am a failure. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can be quick to take one failure and start using that as like an adjective to define yourself or define a project as like the project is a failure versus the project failed. It was a verb. It's one thing that happened, not like a, an identifier of the whole experience. Um but yeah, what emotions, like, why are you resistant to failure? Like, does it bring up strange emotions or what? what's your experience with that? Oh, I mean, I definitely resonate, I think. And, you know, I don't know if with it comes with age or it just comes with how my parents may have raised me or nurtured me, but or, you know, being the middle child, you know, just like having these like preconceived notions of my identity already built in from like a young age and like the narrative it was. And I think mm, shame definitely comes up. Um, I've had to work on this. I feel like we're in like a therapy session and some traumas like surfacing, but I feel like I have had to work through in my 30s and my, my late 20s um, making sure I get rid of feeling like I'm going to disappoint somebody constantly. I don't know where it came from. There was probably some traumatic event, like being like a straight A student when I was younger or like doing this where I just it, – it prompted me like, oh, like Melissa's good at school. She's she's the smart one. She's not the sporty one. Like, you know, so for me, I'm like, oh, I have to make sure I'm always good there so that my parents never have to worry about me. And so like, it could be somewhere around there. Like, and so I think I still feel some uh, lingering feelings of feeling like I'm like disappointing my parents if I'm not at a certain place in my life or making a certain amount of money or asserting a certain amount of like independence. And so I think the feeling of disappointing people, um, which is funny because like, I'm not as worried about disappointing myself as I am about disappointing other people. I don't know what that says about me working on it. (laughs) You hit Um, and you hit a nerve. Yeah. when You said that. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a millennial thing? Is it, you know, just like the generation that we were brought up in, or is it just like everyone feels that everyone feels like they don't want to disappoint people. I think that's like the biggest thing. I'm not, I mean, I I think embarrassment pops up, but when I think about it and I think about people in my life that like I may or may not keep in touch with, that I've seen just like try things, you know, like I'm seeing people um, trying to make it as a comedian and you know what I mean? Like putting themselves out there as a comedian or I'm seeing people um, quit their day jobs and starting their small business. 
and they admit to failure, right? They admit like this didn't sell as much as I thought it was. I'm not making money. I had to go back to a job. Do am I embarrassed for them? Am I like do, am I like, "Oh, gosh, you're such a failure." No. I'm like, "Damn. They had guts." You know what I mean? And so, if I'm thinking that, other people must be thinking that. But of course, there's going to be the a-holes, maybe like the 2% of people who are like, well, that was dumb, wasn't it? Like, Sharon, wasn't that dumb? Um, so, I don't know. Just don't listen to the 2%, I suppose. Yeah. No, I I think you're right, though. I think I also relate to you with the disappointing people. And like I said, it really hit a nerve when you said sometimes it's I get more fixated on disappointing other people than I do on disappointing myself. Um, and yeah, it's, I guess it's that latent people pleaser in all of us that like, we're constantly working to manage oh, and not let, yeah, you know, it's like, I want to have enough people pleasing in me that I'm a considerate person who cares about others and I'm not totally selfish, but a little bit of selfishness when it comes to my dreams, my goals, what's going to make me happy if it's, you know, like I need to be better at that, you know, mm-hmm. because I feel like I feel like sometimes that thread runs through a lot of my life where I I'll meet a deadline that's set externally, like a deadline for work. If there's a deadline that a friend needs me to do something, but then deadlines I set for myself are like a little more fluid and like those keep getting pushed off. And then I'll get like upset with myself. because I'm like, why do why are all of the promises I make for myself not being met, but I'm fulfilling all of these promises to other people. Um, and I, I think failure is a part of that. It's like externally, I've got to make sure that stuff is set first before I figure out myself when it's it's your life. <laughs> you know, it's your life. It's It's your choices. And like you said, most people aren't going out of their way to ridicule you if you do fail it they either won't notice or they'll be supportive Mm -hmm. or indifferent like I can't think of many people who are going out of their way to be mean but yeah I think there's just so many there's so many funny emotions that come up with failure and I, I really envy people who can just really compartmentalize and say I don't care I'm just gonna keep failing I don't care if I keep looking like a failure here like you mentioned comedy and I was like That is a perfect example to get up on stage night after night and deliver bad jokes, the punchlines off, the delivery is terrible, and to just keep grinding through that until you get funnier and until you get better in front of a crowd. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, it's, you're like, wow, if they're doing that in front of crowds, like audiences, why can't we fail in our small community of people? No one's paying to see me try what I want to try and do. Yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> like, you don't even buy a ticket to like, see, will Renee launch that company? <laughs> if I paid $20 and took my first date here. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and I guess, you know, when I think about my community of people and what I want for them. I mean, like the simple, the most simplest answer is pure happiness. And that pure happiness can be found when you're putting yourself out there 
wholeheartedly and you're showing up as your whole self and that takes risking failing and just like trying something new and like going against the grain. And so if I'm like thinking that I want that for my people and the people that I love most and the people that are just like in my circle, in my quadrant, they must be wanting the same thing for me. And so I don't know, using, I'm trying to like work on my relationship with failure and putting myself out there more and just trying. Um, Again, I'm going to come in with a quote. I don't know who said this quote, LOL, what's new, but it's, if you trail, if you try and fail, congratulations, most people won't even try. And, you know, frankly, I don't want to be most people. I've never wanted to be most people. And so you're right. Like, let's be a trier. <laughs> let's try. Um, yeah, trying is cool. Trying is cool. <laughs> I sound <laughs> I sound like a middle-aged mom who's making a PSA for high schoolers. <laughs> I no, I, I feel like I feel like we're at a booster club, like at the PTA meeting. But <laughs> and so we're like, what do the young kids say? Guys, yeah. trying is cool. Drugs are lame. <laughs> They're whack. What's gonna be the quote for our for the class of twenty twenty three? We're gonna be those parents one day. <laughs> For sure, for sure. What are, the sh- <laughs> what are the sh- what is the quote of the class so we can put it on a shirt? Um, what was ours like? Don't hate <laughs> or something. I don't. I I know. I remember our class song was "Don't Stop Believing." I don't remember oh, the yeah. quote. <laughs> Journey. We're not that old though. They just randomly picked an old song. <laughs> well, um. Similarly enough, when I was – I went to, like, a leadership camp back when I was, like, 16 years old. I don't know if you ever – did you ever get those, Renee? Like, they were all, like, these thick brochure pamphlets that you would get in the mail trying to get you to, like, go to these, like, various leadership camps. Um, and you had to, like, pay, like, money to, like, go I to the – I think I went to camps. one. Did you? Yeah. yeah. After I went junior or to- senior year of high school. Um, it was like the best. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I went, um, I forgot what it was called now, but it was at American University and it was for communications, like mass communication. Oh, no, no. It was for journalism and communications. Um, and then for some reason, you got to choose like which area you wanted to go in. And I chose film, <laughs> which we basically just like watched movies. So maybe that's why I chose it. Um, but anyway, nice. our like <laughs> camp or leadership group song was also "Don't Stop Believing." It's okay. So it's actually I I it's, I really love that song, and I think the message of "Don't Stop Believing" is actually really great. It was just surprising that we picked it as our class song because it was older. But now that I think about it, I don't like what would our song have been if we picked something from our year, like chingy like <laughs> usher yeah usher. yeah <laughs> maybe it's better that you don't pick a contemporary song <laughs> maybe like a chris brown song um, justin bieber yeah who knows <laughs> was justin bieber out but like was yeah, he right, out no, he was school? he was probably like so. in elementary school <laughs> <laughs> like i don't think so um that's funny <laughs> 
what songs were popular yeah. in that year? You're right. Uh, Usher. Uh, yeah. I think it was Get Usher. Low by Lil Jon. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, do you have any, like, I like her, like, what we've been talking about, like, failing fast, getting comfortable with your relationship with failure. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice on how to get better with failure or advice that anyone's maybe given you about failure that's been comforting or motivating that you want to share? Oh, Lord. Um, Seeing as like my relationship with failure is, I wouldn't say non-existent, but not super active in that I don't give it as much light of day as I should. Um. I'm trying to like dig. I think the, I think just like what we've been talking about today has given me a better mindset for thinking about failure. Um, I do like the idea that, and remembering that fail, like failure is a temporary feeling. Um, And so to not get permanently stuck in it, I think is helpful that, I mean, I'm, all of our emotions are always temporary like and I think that is I think that's advice that a lot of therapists may give folks who are like in sort of like in like stuck in like this one emotion and can't get out of it like our let's validate what you're feeling and not like try to move on too quickly and then you know push it under the rug like that equals more problems but I think just the idea that this feeling that this thing has failed it's temporary and I honestly I think your whole like failing faster really did it for me of like oh like just the visual of like it happened picking up the pieces throwing away what you don't need keeping what you do need and then moving on um that sort of like that that statement and then honestly Marie Forleo's just manifesto of everything is figure outable and so yeah I don't love the feeling of ever feeling stuck in something and so finding ways to pick myself back up from like a failure or from anything that even is related to a failure I would even relate it to like a heartbreak right of just like yeah uh I guess I have felt failure in that way of you know a relationship ending uh, friend wise and or like romantic partner wise, that is also can be perceived as a failure. But when you really look back on it, it's not right. It just sort of like led you in another direction that you needed to go in to do X, Y, and Z to meet X, Y, and Z. Um, And so like, I would say the same thing as divorce, like people view divorce is like a failure um but when I like look at it not that we need to like dive deep into this I don't know I'm bringing this up in like the like the 25th hour of the podcast here but um I don't know I I think I recently saw something on divorce and it was I think it was oh oh, it was with uh Hugh Jackman like his him and his wife are getting divorced after 27 years yeah and you know doing like my pop culture like scroll I was like reading up on it and reading about it and a lot of things about divorce came up and there was something along the lines of like but you're forgetting that we were happily married for like 27 years 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And like that true. was not a failure. <laughs> you know, like that yeah. was a success. Like we have kids. We were happy. Just because it ended doesn't mean it was a failure. Um, yeah. I like that framing because you're right. I think in our personal life, like you would never tell someone if they had one breakup, like, okay, girl, I think dating's not for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. you'd be like, that was just on. one failed yeah. relationship. Like, keep going. But I think we over, and maybe not everyone does this, but I know I can be guilty of this. I put all this pressure on like a career venture or a creative pursuit. And it's like, if you're putting your heart on the line, like, girl, this is just a job. This is a hobby. Like who, <laughs> like, who cares if the book you wrote doesn't sell? Like, that is less emotionally involving than, like, partnering, your, trying to partner your life with someone, even if it's just mm-hmm. for six months or, you know, however long your relationship lasts. So I, yeah. I, I really appreciate that reminder of, yes, a divorce isn't a failure. A breakup isn't a failure. And so if you can pick yourself up back from those emotional setbacks, then who gives an F about a job (laughs) or just like a hobby that you're trying? Like, you know, who cares about that? Um, I had something else that was a great piece of advice and, you know, I lost it somewhere along the way. So no, (laughs) (laughs) walk a few steps back. Maybe you'll find it again. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Oh, I remember it. Um, It's not about failure per se, but in terms of like advice that has stuck with me, even if it's taken me a while to act on it, Mm -hmm. is when I speak to older people, um, when I've had conversations personally with my dad and then just like other people in my life who've been around longer than I have, you hear a lot, and I'm sure we all know this, that like one of people's biggest regrets is not trying what they wanted to try, not putting themselves out there, not just, you know, just seeing what happens, like just kind of Mm -hmm. feeling like you said stuck, which is a feeling that most of us don't like. And I think as, as you get later in your life and you start getting to terms with your mortality, you, and you realize like, Ooh, how much time I, I've probably lived more years than I have left, which hopefully is not the case for us, Oof. obviously. Yeah. But I think Never when you get older like that. Oh my God. and the scales start to tip, if you're, if you're lucky to live a longer life, mm-hmm. it's like, the, I want to think about, well, I tried it, you know, I, it didn't work out, but I don't want to be on my deathbed feeling regret. And I think the antidote to regret is getting comfortable with failure. It's like, I won't have regrets because I tried. And even if it didn't work, at least I won't have that regret. And so I've been trying to kind of pair those two in my mind. And if I don't want to regret my time or how I spent it, then that means I have to be comfortable knowing that I will fail at some of my attempts. But that failure is a part of erasing regret. Yeah, that's a great driver. I like that. Thank it's you, still it's still working more in my mind <laughs> than in practice, but yeah, that's just my process. I start in my head and then it like takes me a while to like get it out into the real world. <laughs> but I'm, it's a step. No, nah, I'm the same. I'm the, when it comes to like dreams and fulfilling like my, my purpose. 
oh my god, there's file cabinets full of stuff in there. And I think in 2024, I just need to like take the files out of the cabinet, open them up and like, get to work. You know what I mean? Like, figure it out. Like, don't get so stuck in the filing system. Just put it out in the world. Yeah. Your 2024 word of the year is spring cleaning, baby. Spring Gotta go through those files. <laughs> I mean, honestly, after like having to move, literally like schlep your shit from like place to place, it really makes you wonder why you have all these things, literally, materialistically, and also in your head. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> I am like, schlepping as someone who also just <laughs> finished moving like a week ago. Um, you're right. You're, there are some things where you're like, why have I been schlepping this from place to place and not Seriously. using it? Use it or toss it. Yeah. Let's what is, space. what, what is, um, oh no. What's her name? Ah! Marie, Marie Kondo. She yes. says, what does she say? Like, does this. Does this bring me spark joy? joy? Does this spark joy? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's kind of like spring cleaning for your brain too. Like, does this idea spark joy for me? No? Toss it. Move on. Let's go. Does um, this lifestyle spark joy for me? Let's yeah. run towards it or pivot if it's not. <laughs> yeah. I just like the idea of like picking through. Yeah. I like that. Maybe it is spring cleaning. Um, spring cleaning. So we'll see. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on my word of the year gonna come same i'm using the i'll share it when i have it me too yeah we should share it on the podcast mine is still in progress actually maybe yeah you love you're like deadline driven i'm like some like kind of deadline driven not really as i Um, told you if you give me a deadline i'll be better than a deadline i set for myself so you know what okay maybe that's what it is like i'll get it done i just know my procrastinating butt will like push it off um but i will do it so maybe, yeah, maybe we should set a deadline for ourselves. Yeah. Maybe in a January more, episode. I was going to say more to come, guys, but I think in one of our upcoming <laughs> episodes, <laughs> we can share. We will share. <laughs> we will share. Not can, will. Um, well, this episode is helping me with my relationship with failure. So thank you. And I hope, yeah, I, I hope all of us get more comfortable with that feeling and I think there are a lot more like helpers in the world than haters, um, which mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers is responsible for like terming like what a helper is. And so for us, I think he, he says like find the helpers or seek out the helpers. And so I think just knowing that there are more helpers in the world than there are haters um, helps me feel more comfortable with failure. Me too. That's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you were really excited about your gold star. So yes, go first. (laughs) So my gold star, I think we're in a season, um, whether you're spending the holidays alone or with other people, it's typically a season of overindulgence. We're eating a lot where if you drink alcohol, you're probably drinking a lot. And there's just a lot going on the volume of food. (laughs) You know, you're traveling, it's a lot on the body. So my gold star is a product that I use year round, but definitely find it helpful this time of year. It is love wellness. um, Bye bye bloat. 
So love oh, wellness. Yeah. Do you, do you know their products? Um, I know low. Yes. So that's what I was going to say. So Love Wellness, it is a health and wellness brand started by Lauren Bosworth, aka Low Bosworth, from the Hills, Laguna Beach. I just really like her. Her vibe is, I don't know, I like her vibe. So she, it's a woman-owned brand. It's wellness-oriented. She does a lot of stuff for women's care specifically, like Um, but there's also, you know, products like this bloating product is obviously gender for everyone, but the Bye Bye Bloat is great. It has a lot of great natural ingredients. Um, it's scientifically tested and it really helps to just de-bloat your body when you've been going through it. And like I said, it's a season of a lot of consumption. And sometimes I just wake up and I feel like just puffy and the Bye Bye Bloat really helps to just like de-bloat you. Get your digestive system feeling a little more settled so that you can go back for seconds, have another glass of bubbly, and not <laughs> be uncomfortable. <laughs> you can go back for seconds because you know we are. Absolutely. Yeah, this time of year has good food. So we get it. We all know that come January 1st, we'll all be doing a cleanse or a resolution or something. So enjoy so- these last few days. <laughs> Do you take it? before you know you're going to be bloated or do you take it when you feel bloated um I don't have my bottle in front of me me personally I take it right before I go to sleep so like after like a day or evening of like eating a lot or sometimes I even get just bloated flying like I think the altitude just like makes me bloated sometimes so I'll take it before I go to bed and when I wake up I just feel like deflated in a good way yeah no so that's uh, I'm not surprised um I have seen those I know that Target sells them I saw them they have like an end cap and also love low I don't know if she still goes by that or not but I still like her um and I've I've actually been really intrigued to try that product because um if you're someone who has their period, <laughs> that for me is when my bloating is like at its like worst, um, which I think a lot of people can relate to. And I actually felt a lot of bloating earlier this week, which I shared with Renee TMI about after I ate Taco Bell. We won't go into that story, um, but <laughs> this blo- <laughs> it would have come in handy. Yeah, this this bloating <laughs> this bloating like bottle would have really helped that situation so yeah I got a little sticky sick um <laughs> yeah no love the bye bye bloat is great but I have also used some of her other products like some of her women's wellness products as well and mm-hmm. I I think they work I think they work the packaging's cute mm-hmm. like I said woman owned um so love that and yeah so far from the handful of things I've pr- tried I would give love wellness a thumbs up Ooh, well, you've convinced me. I've got to try it since I know I have a history of, of bloating. Um, my gold star is not related to bloating, <laughs> but that's okay. It- <laughs> we can't all be winners. <laughs> um, I actually already, I'm kind of cheating because I told Renee this story, but it's okay for people who are listening, you haven't heard this story. So, my gold star goes out to Aritzia. Aritzia is a fashion brand. Um, they, they're, I wouldn't say, 
I'm trying to like compare them to like other stores, but it's a it's a little higher end, but it is still like considered fast fashion. Um, but I think they have like great products. Um, but I was looking for a winter coat in particular, and I had to do like multiple orders and tried to get like shipping stuff figured out. I had issues in FedEx. And I just have to give a shout out to their customer service folks who they brand as their stylists. And I just really felt like they were solutioneers. Like they were really trying to make sure um, any problem I had with like what kind of jacket I wanted, the color, the length, um, because I'm 4'11", is the long puffer going to work? Like I just really felt like I was talking to like a girlfriend and working out like problems with them over the phone on just like quote silly winter coats um and so my shout out goes to them because yeah I mean I think we all can relate to having some not so great customer experience uh experiences and theirs I give like 11 out of 10 I would it makes me want to continue shopping with them just because I know that if something would go awry they would be there to like swoop in and solutionize um, so they they get my gold star. I go hard for companies with good customer service. Right, that's amazing. Yeah, it just like makes yeah. I don't know why other companies like don't value that as much. It's like that's what you that's how you get repeat customers. Hello, for sure. Um, Melissa, what are you manifesting this week? Yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, my manifestation is coming up, and I don't even have my screenshot ready. <laughs> no. Do you- <laughs> Do you want me to go first? No, I I got it pulled up. No, (laughs) I got it pulled up in time. Okay. So Instagram, it's like the highlight of all of my, all of my manifestations. Um, And this is from someone named Vex King. And it says, December mood. Let the season finale be slow instead of stressful. Release pressure to overachieve or overextend yourself. Close the year with less anxiety, knowing each moment offers a chance to rest and reset. Finish strong by listening to your body, conserving energy, and trusting the process. Exit 2023 with calm, clarity, self-trust, and confidence in the year ahead. I'm like, how perfect. How perfect um, way to transition to the new year and it basically says like 16 manifestations into one manifestation so i hope that one resonates. pick your poison <laughs> yeah <laughs> pick, pick your sentence from pick your manifestation from that basically rolled it all up into one for the last one of the year <laughs> yeah no i i like the idea of us being in a season finale but no stressful cliffhangers, guys. Let this be no. one of the boring ones. No, 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 you no. just you already got this season renewal. You don't gotta keep us hooked. Like yeah. we'll be there. <laughs> uh, um, my manifestation is also from the internet. It's a quote that I've been seeing float around on a couple different reels and TikToks. So I'm not sure who the owner is, but my manifestation is train your mind to be stronger than your feelings and your boundaries to be stronger than your empathy. And I really liked that. 
Yeah, because it's not saying that you shouldn't feel your feelings and that you shouldn't have empathy. Yeah. It's saying, yes, embrace those things, but train your mind. Because I'm someone who, like, when I feel strong emotions, I feel like it can just take over me. And then, like, I'll let someone who's annoying me just take up all this headspace. And I'm like, why am I allowing, like you said, you mentioned earlier, emotions are temporary. Why am I allowing this temporary thing to last so long to derail you you know yeah and just like throw me into a mood or like why is my empathy now allowing me to ignore my boundaries and just overextend because I want to be nice and then I'm feeling exhausted and like my cup is empty so I just I've seen a lot of people sharing it and I wish I knew where it came from but train your mind to be stronger than your feelings and your boundaries to be stronger than your empathy like that is the 2024 mood. Yeah, that's the 20, 2024 energy snaps mm-hmm. and claps. I like that a lot. Um, well, I'm going to work on my relationship with failure in 2024 along with my relationship with boundaries, empathy, all the above. <laughs> Likewise, um, <laughs> I am going to embrace failure in 2024. So just know that I look forward to looking like a hot mess because that is a part of the process. And that means that I'm doing things. I so, look forward to failing. Me too. I look forward to failing. I, <laughs> remind me of that when I when I forget. It's but like, Renee, we manifested this. We manifested we the failure. We wanted this to mess up. <laughs> <laughs> we want the hot mess express. Uh, well, yeah. um. Thank you all for being here. And I guess we'll see you in 2024. We'll see you next year. Thanks for riding with us for however much of this year, whether this is your first episode or you've been checking in with us every week. We appreciate you being a part of year one, season one of piloting (laughs) and really excited to see you guys in 2024. This was our piloting season, and now it's season two, baby. Let's go. Main character energy. Heck yeah. The, the plot thickens. <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.